Hey everyone, again, welcome to Rockbridge, however you are joining us today in person or online. This is a special weekend, this is Memorial Day weekend, and we are celebrating all of those who have gone before us and served our country and sacrificed everything so that we could have what we have today. Think about it this way, like I'm here where I'm at, I live in the home I live in, I have the family I have, and I'm here and you are where you are at because someone else is isn't because they sacrificed and gave their all. That's what this weekend is all about. And so we just say amen to that, to those who have served, to those who have gave all, to the families. Uh, we just say amen to that. And we just say amen to the one who gave it all ultimately for us on the cross, Jesus, as we remember him and as we continue to worship him together today. Amen. Hey, my name is Zach. If I don't know you, I'm one of the pastors here on our team at Rockbridge. I do ministry at the Calhoun campus. So again, thank you so much for joining us today. I have the honor of starting a new series for us, which I'm really excited about. And so if you're new to Rockbridge, uh, we teach and preach through series. And so we'll take a topic, we'll focus on it for a few weeks at a time, and we'll unpack it at different levels each week. So this is just part one. This is going to be a really, really good series as we start, and it's going to be a great one to invite someone with you next week or to invite someone to be a part of however you are viewing and tuning in with us today. So as we start today, I want to start off our conversation with a word, and this is our word as we get started off together, reactions. Reactions are powerful, aren't they? reactions say a lot about us like the way I react to certain things in life like that like they say something about me we could say it this way right that our reactions tell people what we value and what we believe and you know this you you know this is true when you're at work and you're working on a project and you're waiting on a different team to get something completed so you can get the bid in and so you can get the project done or get your part of the project done on time and what happens when they get it their part done 3 days early so you get to jump in on your part you're like your reaction to that is like wow like you value us you value our team we believe that you care about doing things well and the opposite is true when you're waiting because maybe the other team's three days late, right? So in those moments, the way we react tells people like, hey, what we value, what we believe. This happens in family. This happens in, in, in multiple different areas of our lives. And it tells what we value, uh, what we believe, and ultimately our reactions to challenges have a ripple effect. Our reactions to the things we face in life, they impact people, don't they? A few series ago, we talked all about this concept of ripple effect and how our faith should have a ripple effect in our life and change the way we act. Well, it's true that our reaction to hard things, to the unexpected, to the surprise moments, they have a ripple effect. And, and that's what this whole new series is about. And this is what our new series is going to be called, Landmines. We're going to be talking about the obstacles in the journey of faith. 
And you've seen this. You have experienced this. If you don't know what a landmine is, a landmine is a bomb that people would place in a pathway. They would hide it. It would be in secret so that people would walk over it, that the enemy would walk over it. And when they step on it, it blows up. You and I all know that sometimes we face things in life. We face situations. We face obstacles. We face temptations that sometimes blow up our circumstances. You know what this is like. You know what it's like to type out a text and read it and go, ooh, maybe I should let my wife read this first. Or I should let my friend read this first before I send it. Because you know the potential that it has. Or you've been on the receiving end where someone sent something, somebody posts something, somebody said something in a meeting, and it just caused you, like there's something happened inside of you, and in that moment you just wanted to react And sometimes maybe you held back, and sometimes maybe you haven't. And maybe you've seen the ripple effect of your actions. Maybe you've seen the ripple effect of somebody else's actions. Maybe something's said, maybe a choice is made, and that choice or that thing that is said becomes an obstacle. That temptation we face, that maybe that tendency that we have creates obstacles, creates landmines in our relationships, at work, on our team at school, and our friend group. So we're going to unpack this for a few weeks, and every week we're going to talk about a specific area of our life, maybe like anger, maybe like laziness, maybe like greed. And so each week is going to be a great opportunity for you to invite someone in to listen, and it's going to be a great practical series. And this is important, especially if you're trying to follow Jesus, because if we're not careful, landmines have the power to hijack our faith and lead us to react and respond in ways that sometimes we wish we didn't and sometimes have a ripple effect and impact on relationships at our school, on our team, and our friend group, and our family, at our jobs, in church, and our small group, on the team that we serve in, that we wish we would have just been more aware before we said or did that thing in the moment. So here's the goal of our series. We just want to become more alert to the landmines we face. We just want to become more alert. We want to become more aware so that we can be more prepared to either avoid landmines or avoid tendencies within ourselves that we recognize and that are revealed to us in this series altogether so that we can defuse these moments so they don't have as much of a ripple effect or Maybe we're going to say the thing and do the thing or someone around us is going to say something and do something that calls us to want to blow up. And we're going to learn a different way to react in those moments. And as we start our conversation today, I just want to ask us a question as we begin to unpack this idea and try to become more alert. And it's this. Why can these moments be so challenging for us? What is it about... The unexpected, what is it about these surprises? What is it about those type of posts and the way people say those certain things that just get at us? What is it about the temptations we face, these tendencies maybe within ourselves that just create obstacles in our relationships? Like what is it about us that causes these moments to just be so powerful, to be so challenging. And in order to like unpack that question as we begin, uh, we're going to look in the book of Romans. We're going to look in a couple of different places as we begin together, but we're going to start here in Romans chapter 1. 
And we're going to let Paul kind of unpack us and really help us see what we're like and why maybe these moments can be a challenge to us. We're going to join Paul in Romans 1.18. And in this chapter, at this part of, of the letter, he's simply unpacking like human nature and what we're like and how that impacts our relationship and our faith in God and how sometimes we are hijacked, our faith is hijacked in some of these moments. And he starts this way, For God's wrath is revealed from heaven against all godlessness and unrighteousness of people. And we'll unpack this here in a moment. It'll make more sense. This first statement will make more sense as we read along. Who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. So there's something about us, our nature, our tendencies, where we're, we, we tend to suppress the truth. And everyone who had a teenager in the room said amen. And every parent in the room said amen, right? And some teenagers in the room said amen about their parents, right? We, we all have this tendency. We see it in ourselves. We see it in our friends. We just tend to sometimes want to suppress truth when we know we shouldn't. And he continues, since what can be made known about God is evident among them, among us, because God has shown it to them. Somehow God has revealed himself to us in ways that we may not connect the dots yet. It says, for his invisible attributes, God's invisible attributes, that is his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen since the creation of the world. Being understood through what he has made or through creation. So there's something about creation and what God has made that, that like reveals who he is in us. It stirs up something inside of us to point us to God or some type of creator going, wow, like every time we see the Grand Canyon or pictures thereof or we see the Rocky Mountains or we see a bear in the wilderness or we see a sunset or a sunrise and those moments that, that that feeling inside of us that gets caught up and we're like, God, we've got to be here for something more than this. There's got to be a reason we're here. Are we here for a purpose? And Paul's like, yes, the reason you feel that way when we see the things he has made. I have a nine-month-old, and when I saw her be born, I was like, oh, my gosh, I'll I, God exists. Like, when we see these things, when we watch sports, when we see these things in our world that just cause us to be in awe when we hear that artist when we watch that movie and we're like my goodness this is incredible like we're supposed to feel this paul's saying to us that there's a reason why those things are meant to stir us up and point us to god but we have this tendency to suppress and then paul goes on we do more things too he says as a result people are without excuse for though they knew God, they did not glorify him as God or show gratitude. Another, we knew that, that there's some kind of force out there. There's some type of creator. There's just something in us that longs for purpose, that longs for identity, that longs for meaning. But we suppress that. We suppress it. And we don't honor him or show that gratitude. It says, instead, their thinking became worthless and their senseless hearts were darkened, claiming to be wise they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man, birds, forfeited animals, and reptiles. And there's the second part. Number one, we suppress 
Number two, we exchange the glory of the immortal God that we ourselves, we look at creation and we see God's truth and we're like, there's something about this that points us and we go, no, 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 we're going to suppress that. And then at, at a deeper level, we see ourselves that we were made in the image of God. That's the glory that we've received. We are unique in creation. We are God's image bearers on the earth. And that's glorious. But we, we suppress that and we exchange honoring God for that uniqueness in us. For looking to other things that he's made for our purpose. And for our meaning. And for our value. Look away from him. And so there's these tendencies that, that we have, and they impact us and affect us. And in these unexpected moments that we're calling landmines, and these moments that these choices we make or these decisions we make or someone else does, like there's something about the way we're, like what's going on inside of us, these moments kind of partner together and join together to like lead us in a way that we may not want to go or influence us in a way that we have to understand off the bat as we continue this conversation. And that is that landmines are dangerous. These moments we face, these challenges we face, because they can tempt us to suppress God's truth and exchange his ways, his glory. We, we begin to redefine life in our own ways. We redefine love according to our ways. We redefine happiness. We redefine success. We redefine our sexuality according to our ways. We, we redefine what it means to be on a team. It, it, we, we, we redefine everything. Truth, goodness, hope, meaning, purpose. We suppress and we exchange. We look away from God. We look to ourselves and we try to find this in our own ways. That's what makes these moments difficult. That's why these moments can be challenging for us and can become what some of us will say obstacles in our faith. And that's where we arrive at kind of this first place where we just kind of have to pause and just embrace this, that we, have all, we all have a sin issue. That's what Paul's saying, that there's something in us, this suppression, this exchanging for our own ways. Like That is what Paul unpacks for us in Romans chapter 3 a little bit later. He says, man, we all have this issue. And because of that issue, we're vulnerable. We're vulnerable. Which leads us to why we're doing this series. Because we want to be alert of this, aware of it how it impacts us, and in order to be aware of our reactions and our tendencies, we first have to be aware of what's going on in us and the tendencies that tend to lead us so that we can be open to Jesus and what he wants to do in these moments in us and maybe around us. So here's our next question we want to ask. How do we respond to these moments in a way where our faith isn't hijacked, where we react, where we post the thing and we're like, ooh, the ripple effect, God, why didn't I just think before I blank? We've all had it, we've all done it, or as a parent, you're just thinking this about your kids, like, why didn't they talk to me first before that? Like, like, we've all done it. Why didn't my coworker just reach out to me? We've all done it. Why didn't my teammate? We've all done it. And so, there's a different way to respond. There's a different way to react. There's a different way to understand these moments so that our faith isn't hijacked. 
that something new can happen in us. And in order to unpack this furthermore, we're going to move a little bit later on in, in Paul's letter to the Romans in the chapter 12, where we'll see kind of the answer, like we have this issue, and if this issue really exists, that we really have this nature to suppress and exchange, like what hope do we have? Like it can't be inside of us. Like I don't know about you, but man, I've looked for hope inside myself and it's not there. I've tried to do better and it's not there. I need a new way. And I think some of us today will say, we need a new way to help us process our purpose, who we are, why we're here. And throughout the letter of the Romans, Paul says, hey, we find all that in faith in Jesus. And what Jesus has done for us can change the way we view ourselves and the way that we live and the way that we live through these moments. And that's where he brings us to in chapter 12 of Romans. Let's look at it together and see a different way, a new way that Jesus wants to show us today. Paul says there, picking up, therefore, or because of everything I've said through the first 11 chapters, brothers and sisters, new identity, new purpose, right, that we find in Jesus, through faith in Jesus, in view of the mercies of God. We'll unpack that. I urge you to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true worship. And if we were to look at this verse backwards, we would say, hey, what is true worship? Like, what's our true purpose? Like, why are we here? If God made us in his image, like, like, and, and he wants us to know him, like, what does that look like? And we take a step back and say, Paul gives us a new phrase to think about, living sacrifice, or what I would say, sacrificial living. That's how we get to here. And what motivates us in true worship to live sacrificially are the mercies of God. And so for us, the motivation for this is God's mercy. So we got to go like, what are these mercies? He's saying, therefore, because of everything I've said, he's saying, I've unpacked God's mercies for you in the first 11 chapters. What are they? Because right here, Paul's saying that these mercies that we've seen in God through Jesus are to impact us and compel us and influence us from this point on. And so as we are here, we need to look at this phrase, mercies of God, that this is equal to the gospel about Jesus, which Paul has unpacked in the first 11 chapters. And I have something I just want to read for us that I think just attempts to unpack what Paul has said before this so that we can see the value and the depth of this phrase that is pointing us to the gospel of Jesus and how God has responded to the way that we are and the nature that we have. What was God's solution to our sin and pride issue? His solution to a self-centered world, to Satan and his attempts to stir us up to pride, to people who willingly suppress his truth and exchange the glory of being made in his image to worship other things as if they were the source of our happiness. What was his solution? He sent his willing, humble Son from heaven to be the sacrificial Savior of the world. 
Jesus, who created all things and was born, born to a virgin. Like, what does that even mean? How can God be born to a virgin? How could Jesus be born? I don't know. I'm going to ask those things when I get to heaven. In a humble, no-name town to a humble, no-name family who were not at all expecting to be used by God, Jesus became a man and lived a sinless life completely surrendered to God for his purposes, who constantly sacrificed his own life, his time, his sleep, his energy for the sake of others. And how did he display his incredible power? He became a servant. For the sake of the outcast, for the sake of all those who saw that they were sinners, who needed a savior, who forgave them. He cared for them. He ate with them. He pursued them and invited them to follow him. And this Jesus who lived a sinless life, who lived a completely surrendered life to God, who obeyed every commandment, who had the power to heal the sick, raise the dead, set captives free, open blind eyes. And because of all these things, he deserved God's favor and his blessings and God's love, this Jesus willingly gave his life as a sacrifice on the cross for the sins of the world. And on the cross, he was judged in our place as if he committed our sins. The guiltless died for the guilty so that we wouldn't be judged for our sins. And God raised him from the grave to show that the power of sin and death had been broken by Jesus' sacrifice. And this Jesus is the Son of God, the Savior of the world, who has the power to save us from our sins by giving us new life through the power of the Holy Spirit, the very same Spirit that empowered him and raised him from the dead. And now he offers all of us eternal life that we can receive by believing that he is the savior of the world, the son of God, and the king of kings. Amen. That is the gospel of Jesus. And that is what is to motivate us and to inspire us to live a new sacrificial life. Motivated by that. This is true worship. Let's say it this way. The Christ follower's purpose is this, to express faith in Jesus by offering your life as a sacrifice for his kingdom purposes. When you say yes to Jesus, you say yes to a new purpose. What does that look like? Living like Jesus did. Offering your time, your energy, your sleep, your efforts as a sacrifice, your talents, your job, everything as a sacrifice for his kingdom purposes. And so we look back and we say, therefore, brothers and sisters, in the view of the mercies of God, I urge you to present your bodies as a living sacrifice in response to what Jesus did as a sacrifice for us, holy, set apart, and pleasing to God, just like Jesus' sacrifice pleased God, and God showed that by raising him from the grave, making him the king of all kings. Now we respond and we live our lives as living sacrifices. This is true worship. This is true worship. And he continues. Do not be conformed to this age because you've been called to a greater purpose, a new purpose in Jesus, a part of his kingdom purposes. But be transformed 
These words are so amazing. We're going to unpack them more. By the renewing of your mind, so that you may discern what is the good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. We no longer live like we used to, love what, like we used to, work like we used to, treat people like we used to, because God's called us to a different way in Jesus, through Jesus. He wants to transform us, and we experience that here by renewing our mind. And there's a reward for that. Let's just unpack this verse for a couple of minutes together. Think about this truth and this reality. God's will for your life is transformation, period. God's will for your life is transformation. To not stay the same. To become what he's calling you to be. And that's true for anyone, no matter your story, no matter your past, and whether this is your first time in church and something about this message is stirring up in your heart and you're hearing this invitation in you say to follow me, that's Jesus speaking to you through his spirit, inviting you to live a new life where he is your Lord and he is your king and this is his will for your life and this is his purpose for your life. Transformation, to be transformed. Through the power of the gospel, the gospel produces sacrificial living by first transforming, here's where Paul went, how we think. It starts with our faith, with our belief. The way we view ourselves and our purpose here on earth changes the way we think about ourselves. changes the way we think about God and how he wants to work in our life, changes because his will is transformation. That's different than just showing up, checking a box, walking an aisle, giving a tithe, and going home. It's bigger than that. It involves all of your life. Just like Jesus' sacrificial life involved all of his life, all of his relationships. It is to be the same in ours in that we have to embrace these new truths and think differently because of them. That's the step. That's the first step. And the reward that Paul shares with us is that our reward for transforming the way we think is Jesus showing us more of his will in our lives. That we're transformed and we experience more of God and his presence and his leading. When we take these steps, when we say yes to him, we leave behind the old way we used to live. We're not conformed to it or the way that the world lives or the way that the world defines X, Y, Z, whatever comes up in your mind, that you've been discipled by the world or discipled by your upbringing. We say, hey, we got to unlearn some things. And our reward for unlearning things and allowing God to transform the way we think is that God will show us more of himself and his will in our lives, which is something I think that every single one of us today would be like, I want more of that. But it starts here. It starts here. And this, this is the great invitation of Jesus. This is the great invitation of Christianity. Where we make a switch. Remember what Romans 1 talked about? We go from suppressing God's truth to suppressing ourselves, our way, our pride which is the first landmine we've got to defuse and avoid and be alert of as our own pride in our own ways we now as christ followers sacrificially suppress self and pride and instead of exchanging god's glory we receive it and let him define 
us and our lives. Remember how Paul started? Brothers and sisters, new identity. New purpose for your life, transformation through the power of God by renewing the way you think. So now we suppress self so that we can follow Jesus and we exchange and let God redefine us and our ways with his ways. That's the reward here. That's the exchange that the gospel brings. So let's unpack this concept and let's see some ways that we can give ourselves some handlebars. Number one, the things we face right now, the unexpected, the situations we're in, they don't have to be obstacles. They can be opportunities. Maybe God wants to use this situation that we're viewing as an obstacle to where we get more alert of our pride and the way that we operate and this tendency that we have to, 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 to go our own way and say, no, 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 there's a new way. Paul's laid it out for us in Romans chapter 12. There's a new way to respond. There's a new way to react. Maybe this moment, this situation, this circumstance is about God wanting to show you a new way and use this as an opportunity to show you more of himself. But that takes a sacrifice. We've got to let go of our own understanding. What do you need to sacrifice right now in this current situation to be more open to Jesus' ways? For some of us, that may look like control. It's the heart of pride. That's the heart of self. Some of us, when we experience moments that we couldn't control, the way we react is, whew, and there's a ripple effect to it. Jesus wants us to respond in a new way. By suppressing self and exchanging self for his ways. Becoming a living sacrifice that's being transformed by the renewing of our minds. So the way we think about our plans, what we want in our life, the way that we define our life, the way the things that we've been through. Maybe we're holding on to unforgiveness, bitterness, anger, and shame. And throughout the next few weeks, we're going to unpack some of these more and more and more. So you got to come back and hear the rest. But what do we need to sacrifice in order to live in this new sacrificial way. Some of us, it's going to look like one of these things. And that's a big step, but Jesus modeled it for us. All those who sacrifice are going to experience more. And I know what you're thinking, but Zach, you don't know what they did in one of these moments. I get it. But we can also level the playing field because you don't know what I've done either. But God does. And let's see how, again, God responded to us for while we were still sinners back in Romans chapter 5 and still helpless. For at the right time, Christ died for the who? The ungodly. Those who deserve unforgiveness. Those who deserve bitterness. Those who deserve shame. For rarely will someone die for a just person. Though for a good person, perhaps someone might even dare to die. But God proves his own love for us in that while we were still sinners and didn't deserve it, Jesus died. For us. So no one deserves it. But Jesus still came. And so there's going to be moments where Jesus is inviting you to surrender and let go of your bitterness and your shame and the way you view yourself. And you're right, you don't deserve it. But that didn't stop Jesus from giving his life for you. And there's going to be people in your life that he's inviting you to take that step as well. And they don't deserve it. But if Jesus was willing to give his life for them, we have to be willing to put down our control, our pride, our unforgiveness, our bitterness, our anger, our shame, and take on Jesus' way of forgiveness, mercy, 
grace, a new way. It's a hard way. It's a sacrificial way, but it's the way to life, to experience life in Christ. When we are ready to give up self, God will be ready to show us more of himself. Mm. It's a tough one, but it's true for everyone willing to walk and to take this journey of sacrificial living. More of God awaits you. For those who will continue to suppress God's ways and his truth and exchange that way for our own way and take back control and let our pride flare up and lead our reactions, more of yourself that probably causes more ripple effects is going to come up. This is the invitation today. Jesus says this in Luke 9. He said, And to all them, if anyone wants to follow after me, new path, new journey, new purpose, let them deny themselves. Don't be conformed to your old ways of living. Take up your cross. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life because of me will save it. Same invitation. Number two. Your habits are either making you more alert of landmines or are blinding you to the reality of landmines in your life. Our habits, just like our reactions, tell a story. They tell what we value. They tell what we believe. And what Paul's talking about is make a new habit of changing the way you think. How do we do that? Here at Rockbridge, there are just four big areas. Not the only four, but these four areas, using God's word, Prayer, fasting, and Sabbath. These four areas, when you make a new habit of these things, where you just take a step at a time each week and you commit some time and you surrender time and you sacrifice time for the sake of these things, God renews your mind and transforms you and reveals to you His will. And God's Word is so crucial for this, for the Word of God is living and active. This is in Hebrews 4. Effective and sharper than any double-edged sword, penetrating as far as the separation of soul and spirit, joints and marrow, and it is able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Here's a word for you to memorize. I think this would be a great scripture to memorize that, that in these moments that you face to call this to memory. I've been crucified with Christ and it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Don't be conformed to your old ways, Zach, because you've been, you've been given a new purpose. You've been called to a new way. Jesus has given you new life. And now that the new life that you live in the body, live by faith. Renew your mind. Be transformed in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me, who sacrificed himself for me. Use God's word to cut through the lies, to cut through the self-centered, the pride, the suppression, the exchanging, to turn to Jesus. God's word. We also use prayer. I want to invite everyone that is joining us today. This is a great tool and a great resource that we have to help you pray. You can text pray to this number and we'll send you daily prayers that guide you. Just think about if our entire church at all six of our campuses online joined together throughout the series and we prayed the same things together. We prayed for one another as we went through this series. Man, how God may work in us. Amen. And then we have fasting and Sabbath. Fasting is such a great tool. It's where you say, you know what? For this evening, I'm going to sacrifice my meal. 
or I'm going to sacrifice social media. I'm going to sacrifice this hobby. And during that time, I'm just going to pray. I'm just going to focus. I'm going to just ask God to show me more of himself, to transform the way that I think. And Sabbath is another great practice where you pause and you sacrifice your effectiveness, you sacrifice getting more done, you sacrifice the grind, and you pause for a day, you pause for an afternoon, and you say, God, you're in control of all things. So I'm going to pause and be still, and I'm just going to focus on you. I'll leave you with this. The process of God's transforming work in us involves God revealing things in us. So this path, this journey of sacrificial living, God, if you're willing to sacrifice and take the step and sacrifice self and live a new way with a new purpose in Jesus, he's going to show you more of himself and he will transform you. Part of that process will involve you seeing some things in you that you may not be ready to see. Or your pride may go, no, 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 let's not focus on, let's not talk about money, let's not talk about relationships, let's not talk about sexuality, let's not talk about my job, let's not talk about parenting. But maybe that's something God is revealing and wanting to work in you. So the invitation here is be ready and, and have faith and take the journey and take the step today. Get on this path, this different path that's different from the world, it's different the way that we operate, but a new way. And be prepared for God to reveal things to you that he wants to work on in you each week as we gather together and we follow him. That's the invitation today. Let me pray for us. Jesus, thank you so much for your love. Thank you so much for your grace. And I just want to give you some moments and give your word some moments just to lead us right now, to speak to us, to work in us. Therefore, I urge you by the mercies of God to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to Him. This is true worship. Don't be conformed to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And you will be able to discern what is His good and pleasing and perfect will. Jesus, show us a new way. Give us a new purpose. Renew our faith today. Help us be more alert today of how you're working in our lives. And show us the next steps you want us to take in this journey of following you. Lord, it's in your name that we pray together. Amen.